Blog Talk Radio. I still can. I'll try to help my loved ones understand how memories can fly like grains of sand, and that I'll remember them while I still can. Well, hi, everyone. This is Lori LeBay with Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, and I hope the weather is beautiful where you are. We have a gorgeous uh, sunny day, finally, in Minnesota. It's getting a little chillier than what it was yesterday, but the sun is out, and the snow is gone, and the plants are popping. So we are excited here. Um, today we are going to have a really fun show uh, once again. We're, we're going to be talking about something that I am really passionate and believe really strongly in, and that is music and dementia and how that can make a difference. But before I get into introducing our our guests today, um, we always get new listeners, so I always like to give people just a little bit of background about Alzheimer's Speaks, who we are, and why we're here. Um, bottom line, I am Lori LeBay, and I'm the founder, and Alzheimer's Speaks um, as a whole, our blog, our resource directory, um, the radio show, the dementia chats, everything that we do was developed because I was on this journey with my mom for 30 years. Um, she just recently passed away the end of February. And let me tell you, it was a really passionate and fulfilling ride. Not that it, it wasn't difficult at times, um, but boy, did she teach me some lessons. And so... Um, you know, I'd like to say to people out there, don't be afraid of this disease. Learn to embrace it because you will be shocked at, at the gifts that you will receive. So I created Alzheimer's Speaks, um, which is an advocacy-based company to provide multiple platforms to really shift our dementia care culture because as a daughter, as a family member, as um, somebody who loves somebody with dementia, I really felt isolated and alone. And there was a lot of research and a lot of fundraising going on, but what I found was I didn't get the tools that I needed to help my mom live a purposeful life and to help me um, also live purpose-filled while dealing with this disease. And so here at Alzheimer's Speaks, we believe that by joining forces and just sharing knowledge and having the everyday conversations like we're going to have today on the radio um, about life with dementia, <clears throat> that we can go ahead and shift and move um, and hopefully remove the stigmas altogether regarding memory loss so that people don't feel so alone. Um, I know we're having a huge impact because um, we were lucky enough to be named the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's by ShareCare and Dr. Oz. And by no means did we do that alone. That has to do with all of you as our, our listeners um, being so kind to share and like and tweet and email um, this information out to your friends. So if you're listening right now, if you would take a moment just to like the radio show um, and to go ahead and share it on your Facebook or your Google page or, you know, with your LinkedIn audience because you never know when someone's going to need this information. There are more people out there than we care to 
to really face facts with um, who are dealing with this. But the more we can have information at their hands, the um, the easier we're going to make it for them to tap in to the resources when they're ready. Because like anything, it's not going to make any difference if they're not ready yet. Um, so please uh, please go ahead and, and share and like and continue to spread the word um, of us. If you wouldn't mind going to alzheimerspeaks.com as well, up in the upper right-hand corner, we have a really easy, clickable mode to share the show, um, again, with your family and friends and colleagues. Uh, again, it makes a huge, huge difference um, for all of us because you never know. You might be, or maybe one of your friends might be our next guest on the show. We believe everybody's voice is critically important and needs to be heard. And so that's why we also invite you into our show today. We would love to have you um, call in and join the conversation. And that number is 714 364-4757. Again, that's 714-364-4757. Or you can always use the chat box as I will be checking that um, routinely as well. Um, I also want to just note uh, and, and give a special shout out to a lot of organizations that, that I just think are really important for people to know about. Um, the first one is the Alzheimer's, is Alzheimer's Disease International, and they are the Alzheimer's they're the association of all the Alzheimer's associations around the world. So no matter where you are, you can find an association that's close to you. They also do um, a lot of great work on a world level. In fact, they just got through with their international conference, and we'll be having Mark Wortman on um, this show here in the near future to tell us all of the findings that, that were talked about. Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation, again, another great organization. They really come at this disease on a holistic approach. So from from their site, you're going to learn about what to eat and how to eat it. Um, you're going to talk about exercise and meditation and alternatives to drugs um, to better be able to live with the disease. If you're someone who um, is diagnosed or if you are a loved one caring for someone. There's also the Lewy Body Association and the Association for Frontal Temporal Degeneration and the National Aphasia Association. These, <clears throat> these three are critically important. Because if you are dealing with one of the many um, specific um, types of dementia other than Alzheimer's, um, it's nice to be able to talk to someone who knows <clears throat> knows the specifics on those diseases. Um, then a lot of people call in and ask about trials and um, the Alzheimer's Studies group, and again, if you just go to alzheimerstudies.com, has a couple of trials going on. One is a brand new one for frontal temporal lobe, and the other um, is uh, regarding tau, and it's in its third trial, so it's it's pretty far along. So I would recommend that you that you check that out. Um, I also like to give a shout out to um, some things that have to do more with 
engaging people. And so Puzzle With Me um, has developed a great uh, smaller puzzle, fewer pieces, thicker, um, and more age-appropriate. Jiminy Wicket, who has created an intergenerational croquet game um, that can be done um, through schools, matching up with memory care units, or you can play at home. And then Music First with Coral Health also um, is a great, great resource um, for um, for engaging people, and um, which is actually a perfect roll-in for for who we're going to be talking to today, because Ron Gregory is the CEO of Alzheimer's Music Connects, and Alzheimer's. Um, Music Connect is just a fabulous organization that offers um, a lot of of great products um, to help you engage. And today we're going to talk about understanding why music is so, so, so powerful. Ron began his career back in the 70s in Baltimore, uh, Maryland, and since then he has held a series of leadership positions during um, during his music industry career, um, which included local and regional positions for Warner Brothers Records, as well as uh, national and senior VP positions at Hammond Music Enterprises, known as Sony Music, uh, Electra Entertainment, which is Time Warner. And as president, um, Ron has played a key role in creating and leading um, Music Forecasting, Inc., which was the first company to provide market research exclusively customized to meet the needs of the music industry. In addition to his 30 years of executive promotion and marketing, Ron has owned and operated an artistic management and music publishing firm. And um, when he sold the Music Forecasting, Inc., after about 10 years, he really felt a need to explore new ventures outside of the entertainment industry. You see, Ron's mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and that really got him starting to explore different opportunities and and therapies that might help her and Life Music Inc. was born. Life Music is a company whose products address the needs of Alzheimer's patients and caregivers through music. Um, They have developed a patent-pending music enhancement technology, which I'm going to let him tell us about, and it's been medically shown to have a positive impact on the brains of Alzheimer's sufferers. So welcome, Ron. I'm just thrilled to have you with us on the show today. Well, Laurie, thank you for such a warm welcome. I have to tell you that um, this is a very exciting uh, time, and it's a wonderful thing to be included in your uh, Alzheimer's Speak radio show. Um, it's very exciting, and what you're accomplishing out there in, in educating people is such an important part of what I think you try to do and what I try to do through Alzheimer's Music Connect. So, um my thanks to you. I'm very excited about having the conversation. Yeah, me too. I I have to say I love your tagline for Alzheimer's Music Connect. Comfort 
for patients and relief for caregivers because, boy, does that sum it up. Um, Sometimes, you know, people get so frustrated um, when caring for the disease and, and people become agitated and we don't always know what to do. And I, I just think that that's just a, it just really kind of says it all. Can you share with our audience why does music have such a positive impact on those with dementia? Um, well, for for some reasons you you know music is very obvious it's soothing to babies it's you know something that we usually grow up with as part of our life but there's actually a medical reason for why music has such an impact on people suffering with this disease and that is that uh the brain as it deteriorates and that's a horrible word to use but it's a fact as it deteriorates the last part of the brain to atrophy in the disease process is the part that affects hearing and affects music memory. So when someone reaches a certain point in the disease towards the end, the, the best part of their mind that still functions is music memory and hearing. And so that's why music has such a, a really, uh, plays such an important role because as you can imagine, if uh, you're suffering from this disease and the two best parts of your brain are left unstimulated, how lonely and isolating that can be to that person. And so what music can do is is form a reconnection, if you will, uh, for that person back into, um, you know, at least a better place in their than their memories. Okay, well that that makes a lot of sense. Um I I saw the effect of music with my mom and um you know it's just so extremely powerful how you know it can switch her moods. Um but then I sat and thought, well, you know what? I'm not so different. And <laughs> And, and so, I, you know, I think sometimes we're always thinking that people with dementia are so different than us. And when we stop and look at the similarities, I think sometimes we can learn so much quicker um, as to as to what's really going on um, with them. Because, you know, music affects us um, just as much as it affects them. I mean, I, I'm a perfect case in point when I'm driving down the road and I won't sing in front of anybody but I'll scream at the top of my lungs as I'm going down the road to a song that ignites some memories in me and and I don't I you know I don't really care what the people next to me think um you know you just kind of it gets you in in a zone um or it can yeah, trigger trigger you to cry or or whatever there. Can you tell us um a little bit like what's the difference between utilizing like a a TV um versus music because a lot of people like to just kind of plop you know somebody in front yeah. of a TV. And and again well, uh, this is something um, we do with our kids as well so this might be beneficial yeah. too. I don't know. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, it, this is a this is a perfect um, kind of segue because um, what I try to to show people and give them kind of the the difference between TV, which I believe is a passive medium, versus a medium like music that engages. And and the way that I uh, create the example for that is 
if you think about, um, let's just use an example of uh, an old Tom Cruise movie, Risky Business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone is familiar with the uh, Pete, uh, the uh, uh, Bob Seger tune, Old Time Rock and Roll. Mm-hmm. Well, if you reflect on that for a few moments, inevitably what happens if you bring that up is people think of Tom Cruise sliding across the floor in his white, you know, whitey tighties. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's a passive. It's a great memory as you know, but um, and it certainly makes a smile come across your face, but that's passive, and that's what television is to an Alzheimer's sufferer. Now, if, you, if I use another example, and what I'll ask people to do when I do presentations is I will play some songs for them with, and ask them to close their eyes, and it's a, a montage of music over various years, the 50s, 60s, 70s. And mm-hmm. what I will ask is, you know, do you, what is, did, did any of those songs touch you? And inevitably people ha- are touched. And you ask, well, what did it create? Now, mind you, they have their eyes closed and they're just thinking. And inevitably what happens is they'll say, oh, my God, I, that was the, the song that played when my husband and I went on our first date or whatever positive experience. But what, what you've actually done is force them to use the music memory part of their brain to stimulate that, and they create their own visual and reconnect, if you will. And the mm-hmm. same thing is what is happening to the person that suffers with Alzheimer's. You are forcing the best part of their brain to be utilized. And that is, I believe, a kind of an aha moment for people because they've just gone through the process of TV, passive, versus music engage, which makes you think. And as soon as you have to think on your own, you know, the brain is stimulated, obviously. And we have seen time and time again with, with people with our products that um, they will go from being relatively non-communicative to suddenly talking about, uh, you know, going to dance halls when they were young people during World War Two and just different life experiences because those songs have stimulated their memories. Wow. And that that's very, very true. Very true. Um, I, I, how what kind of response are you getting from people and when you're when you're talking with them are they are they getting this i mean to me it's so evident but i think part of it is because i i've seen it play out um you know with with somebody who i love deeply and i've i've seen it trigger you know we did um actually some videotape of my mom and i mean some of them have thousands of hits i think one of them's over four or is approaching 40,000 hits um, for these little teeny video clips of a woman in her end stages that's responding right. to music and how she can go to sleep and just, boom, wake up you know, and, yeah. and remember the words yeah. and stuff. So when you're, I, when you're I, out I talking... The, mm-hmm. I had the pleasure of seeing a couple of those videos of your mom, and it's very moving and um you know, it is it is just amazing when you see someone who, um, you know, seems to be just completely uh, alone and isolated, and then their response and, and how much joy it brings, um, mm-hmm. not just for them, but for us. Uh, you know, one of the, the biggest, going back to, you know, where you started the question, the biggest thing is that people um, have a tendency to, 
go, oh, yes, music works. It's, you know, but there's a couple of pieces to it to make it work. And one is you have to have the right material, the right songs that are age appropriate. And you have to go back to the fact that musical memories are formed between the ages of 10 and 20 years old. So that is the secret, if you will, to getting into the, the soul. And that is that you have the songs that resonate through their lives as early uh, young uh, teens or early uh, young adults. And, and so the music, what the form of the music is, is correct. And importantly, uh, that the music is used, um, typically what we would recommend is that it's used at about the same times every day and that the music is used literally every day because what we've seen through Alzheimer's Music Connect is that, that the, there becomes an anticipation, if you will, um, the the person suffering with the disease may not necessarily know what's going to happen, but somewhere in their head they know something good is going to occur. And you'd be amazed at how quickly I'm talking, like in a matter of a few days, how how the uh, the, the the person impacted with the disease starts to um, respond and anticipate hearing the music. So it's it's an important thing to be used on a regular basis. And certainly the right song selections is crucial to um, to uh, having that positive experience. Okay, uh, so to, that's, to be, yeah. that's Go good to, um, to know that, um, again, those routines are so critical, um, you yeah. know, in terms of comfort and expectation and stuff, and that that works, that that's true as well with music. I know a lot of um, families will want music to be played 24-7, and I've heard that it can lose its effectiveness um, in terms of triggering change. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Um, our, my general thoughts would be that there's truth to that, um, that you, if you can reach a point where it's just you're oversaturating the person. And, you know, we have, depending on who the person is that's using it, whether it's an in-home caregiver or, in some cases, we have senior centers and, and uh, institutions like that that utilize our, our music products. And, and typically what they'll do is they use music two to three times a day for about an hour each time. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe in the, in the morning they might use an upbeat piece of music, let's just say, as an example, big band. And that kind of gets everybody moving and, and stimulated. Lunchtime hour comes, they may play vocal standards, the, the Frank Sinatra-type music. And at mm -hmm. the end of the day, they'll wind them down with a light classical or some kind of instrumental music that just brings them to a relaxation point. And as you would be very well aware of, um, sundowners is a, is a major issue, particularly when you're talking about um, institutional care. And mm -hmm. so that's where you, it has to be utilized, um, it not necessarily overthought, but used with care and with um, some thought to what are, what are your objectives? What do, you, what do you want this person to experience and how do you want them to respond? Well, if you're trying to get them to go to sleep or to wind down at the end of the day, big band may not be the, the music for them. Um, 
very, very true. I know um, for myself and in my family, you know, we would get really upset going into the nursing home because my mom was one who just always had music on in the background. She just always yeah. liked her music all day long. And, and so we kind of fought the battle a little bit about how often do you play it. And, and um, you know, we really felt that that was normal for her. And I think, you know, I, and this is my personal opinion, I have no research behind it, just knowing my mom, but that was comfortable for her. And knowing that was comfortable for her made us more comfortable. And we, and we kind of sometimes thought, well, staff was just being lazy. And I think that's um, the impression sometimes that can happen. Um, that, you know, if she was laying down, you know, for a nap, she liked, you know, some soft music on in the background. It didn't have to be big and blaring. Do you have any any thoughts on that? Or maybe it was just us as a family not wanting to let go of new patterns. But, I mean, we never saw her get anxious or upset. Um, You know, there was no reason for us um, to not do it either. Any thoughts on that? Well, you know, just in general, I would support the fact that music was utilized, and obviously, um, from what I hear, hear you say, say that this was part of your mother's life, and music yep. was a big, it, it played a big role, and and so for her, her specific case, it, it, it may be that music used more extensively was actually more soothing to her and comforted her in a way that not being there, you know, would have left her in just kind of a void. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, just as a little funny aside, we had a person speak to us and, you know, we do a lot of market research and we we re-engage with people that have used our products in focus groups and what have you. And we had... Uh, a, a woman in her 50s who was taking care of her father, and she said, well, you know, he just doesn't seem to get into the music and, you know, just doesn't care. And you told me that it was going to work. And I said, well, let's, let's go back a little bit. And as we discovered, her father disliked music intensely. <laughs> now, I don't know that, how that happens, but that was at the root cause. It's like, well, if the man did not listen to music, except, you know, if it was on, just happened to be on somewhere or he was forced to in an elevator, um, why would you expect that this music or any music was going to have a positive, create a positive experience for him? It just wasn't there. So I, I, to get to the point, I, I believe that it, it's, some of it is just having a general idea of the likes and dislikes of the person you're going to play music for. And, mm-hmm. and while there are, there are some people who would say, Every piece of music played for uh, an Alzheimer's sufferer has to be something that's meaningful to them. Our our position at, uh, at Alzheimer's Music Connect is, no, no, you can take songs from a general era, like if we said Motown songs, and while every Motown song may not be your favorite, you're going to anticipate that the next song that may come up in that collection is one of your favorites from that period. And so we mainstream our music in a way so that everyone is going to hear something that they like. And um, I believe that's a key. It's kind of a technique that actually through my experiences in the music industry that radio uses. Um, You know, if you listen to your favorite music radio station, chances are they're going to play a song you may not like, but you don't automatically hit the button and go to another station. 
many times, and that's what they're uh, hoping for, is that through their music programming and their market research, that they will know that you won't leave because you're going to anticipate the next song coming up is one you like. We're just applying some of those proven techniques that they use to the music beds that we create. Well, in bottom line, how else are we ever going to hear a new song if we're not open to new ones? <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> you yeah. know, so so that makes a that makes a lot of a lot of sense. Plus, we know it, it's not going to go on and on forever. You're talking a few minutes of time. Um, you know, w- with that. So that to me, that makes a lot of sense. Can you talk about your your um, patent pending um, music enhancement technology? Can you tell us a little sure. bit more sure. about sure. that? I would love to. Um, you know, uh, the brain. There are many waves in, that are going on in your brain, and electrical impulses that that you know some of your listeners are probably very familiar, some may not be, but there are alpha, beta, theta, delta waves. Each one has it stimulates its own set of of responses. In the case of delta waves, it's you know, asleep. It's a resting stage. It's the it's the the uh, impulse that creates REM sleep. Um in the case of alpha waves, alpha waves create an alert but um calm feeling. And what we do is we take alpha waves, a combination of alpha waves and other brain waves, and the universal sound of ohm, which is kind of uh, the mantra that's been used for centuries uh, in meditation practice, and um, combine these things together and put them into existing music beds that are just below the hearing threshold. So it's, in a way, while I hate to use this word because it has so many negative implications to some people, it's a bit of a subliminal impact. But what Mm -hmm. happens is the music is already part of their life because we've taken the time to figure out what selections to use. Apply this technique, which then what happens is the brain, if you will, syncs up to the alpha waves and the other waves that are being, uh, you know, it's being or being heard um, and subconsciously causes the brain to think and then to, um, if you will, create that state of mind, which is a calm but alert person. Now, some people just become so calm that they just kind of fall into a snooze or whatever. But um, in general, what, what happens is you can take someone who's in a fairly agitated state, non-engaged state, and, you know, through this process, have them become either calm or become more alert and connected to the moment, which is one mm-hmm. of the things that we found through, you know, we did a lot of uh, medical testing, EEG testing, to actually see what was going on in mid and late stage Alzheimer's patients' minds. And it, it's quite an amazing thing to watch because, you know, they the, the doctors that were conducting the test would run at neutral, so we saw what the brain was doing with no stimulation. Then they ran just music, our our music, but without the enhancement technique. And then, again, with the enhancement and the improvements that we saw were just, you know, significant. And um, so it's, it's we've, we think we've, in a way, smartly, but in a way, accidentally stumbled into a way that um, that creates a much more therapeutic experience for the listener. Okay. 
So, and you said the ohm sound is really subtle in the background? Yes. It, it's unde- it's generally undetectable, but um, I, we've had a few people, including one of my business partners, is a um, is a classically trained clarinetist, traveled the world, um, has a doctorate in music theory and performance, and um, he says that he can hear the sound just barely at certain places where there may be spaces in between the timing on the music. Um, you know, in any musical piece, you'll have those beats where it's open sound, and he says he can pick it up, but it's it's barely audible. But yet the impact is clearly shown through EEG testing and and we've done a lot of field testing as well, because so, one of the things, as you pointed out earlier, our tagline is comfort for patients, relief for caregivers. And, you know, we wanted to measure, well, what kind of relief do we really provide to caregivers? Um, and what are the lasting effects of the, of the music on, on the, the, the uh, Alzheimer's sufferer? And so through that field testing, we learned that with an hour's worth of music, usually the patient was up to three hours of calm effect and for the caregiver up a little over two hours of downtime for them to conduct other business, whether it's taking care of the home, paying bills, even just to, have, you know, as we hear from many people, just to sit down and not have to worry for an hour mm-hmm. or two is just such a relief. And, and so those are the things that were important to us because, as you mentioned, my mom is suffering from the disease, and she's in late stage. And um, my dad is the primary caregiver, and um, you know he's he's suffering from caregiver fatigue. And mm-hmm. while the rest of the family is helping, um, it's still you know he's doing it twenty four seven. And uh, I know you're aware and very sensitive to that kind of um, uh, fatigue and, and pain that caregivers go through. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's intense stuff. It's uh, and you don't even know a lot of times it's hitting you because you're you're so in this mode of I can do it and I'm supposed to do it, and you know you yep. you kind of just ignore um, yourself, and and that's not a not a good place for uh, for us to be for ourselves or for yeah. those who we care for, you know. So. Makes it a really I think big you're difference. right. You're right. We ignore we ignore our own and and feel as though um, if we many times we hear from caregivers and I I even hear it from my own dad, which is um, you know I've got to be strong for her. I've got to mm-hmm. do this, and you know and and if I do that, that's just me being selfish. And it's like no, Dad, that's giving your you some time to take a break, and that's that yep. is. So so important because you know we we know what stress does to people and in the caregiving situation, my God, the stress on a on a caregiver that's taking care of someone at their home, particularly at home, and we know what eighty percent of of all patients are taken care of by a family member until they're very very late in the disease, where it's you know unmanageable, and that's a big big number of people who are. Um, as you said, kind of out there alone and feeling like this is something I have to do, um, you know, but they also have to take, take care of themselves, and that's what we mm-hmm. try to reinforce. Yep, yep, definitely. Um, and that that's uh, just such an important factor. It's um, it's amazing the, the subtlety of, 
of the ohm sound. I, I know that I there's um, what's his name? I want to say it's Cherry Wood has has some music out there that has um, it's called Heartbeats um, mm-hmm. music, but the heartbeats are really loud and very pronounced. And yeah. um, the first time I listened to it, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna be able to get to sleep. But I was kind of surprised. I was. And I think yeah. it was because it was that routine sound, you know. But with with it, yours, rhythmic. yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and with yours being um, so much more subtle, um, I can see that being calming. I you know didn't have that fight in me to to let go <laughs> and just let it happen, right. uh, you know. Um, because I know, um, even though his worked, I, I did. I kind of had that fight in me initially, going, "Oh, this is never going to work," you know. And then I yeah. visualized a, a puppy listening to a clock, you know. After mm. after it came out of the mom's womb, they always tell you, you know, if a puppy's struggling, just give them a little clock to hear that thump thump, and they'll calm right. down. And so I visualized that. So it's kind of funny how our bodies work, and. Um, yeah. And the like, like you said, the ohm um, sound has been around for years and years and years yeah. in terms yeah. of of bringing that calmness, which is absolutely wonderful. Well, and um, there's also a, a secondary part to that, Lori, is the fact that um, it's considered the un- the sound of the universe and allegedly connects mankind to God. And if you if you have any kind of religious inkling and that, you know, cal- anything that I believe calms you in a way that, well, for us as to um, just have a moment of peace and tranquility and the ability to have thoughts come through your head and easily um, is a very, creates a very calming effect. And, it, and the same is true of Alzheimer's patients, even though they may not be quite um, cognizant of the fact, it still has the impact. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'd like to invite our listeners, if there's anybody out there that has a question and you would like to call in, um, please do so. The number is 714-364-4757. Again, that's 714-364-4757. Or you can always um, type a question in the chat box as well, and I will be monitoring that and we'll we will get your question um, answered or um, pose pose your your comment uh, and see if we you know what kind of response we get. But again, I, I think music is just such a powerful, powerful tool. How are you finding this being received to um, you know communities, uh, memory care, or even assisted living? Um, is that something that they're starting to embrace and in, in seeing the difference between just a regular um, CD playing in the radio, um, you know, uh, or on the radio, I should say? Uh, honestly, we have had um, so much positive feedback that we're, you know, beside ourselves, Um different uh, um, directors at the organizations that have brought product in, and some of them have been very sizable organizations um, that have implemented a program of using our music um, in their day rooms and what have you. The the, the feedback has been uh, astoundingly positive. And um, for us, it just validates everything that we've said 
But importantly, what it also indicates is that not only does this work in an isolated setting, which was the way the package was originally, what our thoughts were in the design originally was this would be kind of a one-on-one in-home product. And what's happened is all these different groups have come in. They've chimed in on our Facebook page and given us feedback either directly or through that kind of medium. And um, what we what we're very encouraged by is the fact that even in a group setting, this can have a very very positive effect. So all of it's truly exciting. And in fact, we um, and I'm sure you're very familiar with Tifa Snow. Uh, mm-hmm. We have put together a package that's about to come out soon with her where she's providing the instructional DVD of how to use the, the product in a, in a setting, whether it's individually or in a group setting. But um, we're going to come with a kind of a sing-along record, which should be out in about the next, uh, well, by the end of June, certainly. And um, the anticipation as we, you know, even broach the subject of would this work from some of our uh, institutional buyers and senior centers, um, it was like, please give it to us now. So mm-hmm. uh, we're very excited about, you know, not only what we've been able to accomplish, but certainly the anticipation for this new sing-along record is is very high, and we're really thrilled about that. Well, that's wonderful. Well, you'll have to let me know when... When the um, video comes out with Tipa, she just does such a such a great job. Um, I just I, I absolutely love her work. We do have a caller on the line, so I'm going to go ahead and and pull them in. Um, we've got a caller from a two zero one number. You're live and on the air. If you want to state your name and ask your question or make your comment. Hi, Lori. It's Michelle DeSocio. Oh, hi, Michelle. How you doing? Good. How are you? Very good, very good. Hey, do you have any particular thoughts regarding music? Um, any questions you'd like I to do. ask? Rob? I do. I just, I do. Um, my mom uh, is now in her fifteenth year of the journey. She is uh, seventy-three and in a facility nearby. And I stumbled on music by accident. I was using my iPhone with mom, trying to show her pictures and videos, but her vision was deteriorating. And I started playing some YouTube music, her favorites, and it was miraculous from a few sentences, words that mom can get out. She can sing whole songs from the 50s, the Beatles um, songs when I was a kid. Even even today's music, her, her hands will start dancing in her chair and her whole mood changes. On Friday, I got a call that she wasn't feeling well. I went down and placed the iPhone on her shoulder and her mood just changed immediately and one of the staff actually started to cry. They don't they didn't realize how much you know, they play overhead music but it doesn't have the same impact as the music that mom is used to and likes. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering what you know, this is a connection now for me with mom on how I can spend my time with her and enjoy what I have with her. And I was wondering what what is the difference? Why is why is music so different in communicating with mom? Well, I think that if 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 you will, when you if you go back to an earlier statement that I made about you know the music memory being part of the last one of the last parts of the brain to atrophy, so you know her thought process and the way that 
things would come together. And I'm not a, a, a doctor by any stretch, but um, it, it, it seems as though that the, the what we see is you're just stimulating the part of our mind that still has some, you know, good function. And, you know, the fact that it's there and you've created a moment of reconnection, um, I think is part of the joy and what changes their uh, their attitude and their maybe their emotional state. Um, certainly, everything that I've seen and experienced with my even with my own mother has been she can be in one of the grumpiest moods I've ever seen and put some music on and within a few minutes she's she's already distracted and into a very a much more positive space. So I I would suggest that it's it's the fact that you're Stimulating that part of her brain that still is capable of, of processing thought in a in a meaningful way. Thank you. Well, that makes a, that welcome. makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, we've got somebody in the chat box here saying, "Does singing the words to a message or a question to an AD patient help them understand it better?" Uh, again, I'm not a medical person. I can only mm-hmm. talk from my own experiences. And and what I would suggest is, you know, it, it, this goes back to left brain, right brain. And mm-hmm. um, left brain is language skills, communication. Right brain is rhythm. Um, it's music memory. It's where poems, poetry, prayer are stored. The left side of the brain uh and I don't think anybody can answer this question as to why, but the left side of the brain, the language and communication skills, is also part that where the really grab a hold. So um, what I would suggest is, you know, that that rhythm, because the language skill is gone, there's rhythm, which, you know, if you think about people who have lost their language skills, Laurie, um, in the process of this disease, they will still answer you, but they answer you kind of maybe it's in gibberish, but the gibberish will be in the right kind of tone and rhythm that you would speak in, and mm-hmm. that's because the left side's gone. So I, 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 can, I would suggest that they're probably singing a, a, uh, a, a phrase or a question would not necessarily be processed, the music is so deeply seated into their brain and, again, still goes back to, you know, that's the last part, the atrophy, um, you know, that I would suggest that, no, that that wouldn't necessarily be true. I, 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 but I can't state that from a medical side. I, I'm stating that just through experience. Mm-hmm. I, and I guess, you know, I'll add my two cents in there. I, I have seen that be effective for people and sometimes i think it has to do with shifting the mood um as well in terms of because we were stating it differently and so that mm-hmm. that rhythm or even our facial expressions can i think come into play there and again i think it depends on on the person you know what you know like for my mom if you did that you'd probably get a great reaction just because she loved music so anything mm-hmm. wrapped in music was was going to benefit her um you did that to my dad he'd probably look at me like are you nuts <laughs> you know so well, um, it, yeah yeah again it depends on the person that's such a crucial part of the whole uh process is where are they in the, the stage of the disease and what's their personality 
Exactly, exactly. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, there's there's so much that we don't know. And one of the things that I always like to tell people is don't be afraid to try. You know, don't be worried about failing. Be more worried about not trying, you know, and, and oh. see what happens. You know, if it's not going to harm anybody, um, what's the difference? You know, don't worry about being embarrassed or it might look goofy because, not about anybody else it's about you and that person and um you know my mom got me uh, like i said i can't sing i'll be the first to admit it um but i would go into the nursing home sometimes and i would sing and i would never have done that in a zillion years but i knew it brought her joy she didn't care if i was off key and and so it got me not to worry about it either and it was it was so much more driven about the joy and um getting her in that zone that i kind of put my my ego aside and just said you know it really doesn't matter it really doesn't matter what's the end goal here and, oh absolutely uh, absolutely and it's not just the joy that you see that joy on their face but it's amazing how much better you feel personally and knowing that they've you've reconnected with that person for a moment on whatever level but my god it just it feels so good and so positive and um it's an experience that uh while it's it may be different than what you're accustomed to nonetheless it's a positive life experience and and that that I believe is worth everything and when you have that reconnection that that you couldn't have anything better in in my mind mm-hmm. um, our guest here said i don't worry whether i can sing sing or not either anyone who can speak can sing it doesn't have to be at a professional level and it makes people happy so um she's feeling the the exact the exact same yeah. way and i i think yeah. that that's really um you know, because again, when we're caring for someone with dementia, um, you know, one of the tools that that I developed was to get me personally off task. You know, um, because I was so worried about checking things off my list, so my memory chip really um, poses three questions, you know, to a caregiver over and over again: Are they safe? Are they happy? Are they pain free? Because what I found was, to me, anyways, that's all that really mattered. And and when I shifted my focus to focus on truly their needs, where I could be person-centered, where I wasn't hung up about my emotions and and really my agenda, um, you know, everything just went so much easier. Plus, I was I was able to let go of things that bothered me, you know, in the past. Um, you know, if it was repetition or getting the story wrong or or whatever. So. Again, if we can stay person-centered and, like you said, Ron, um, knowing what are the person's, you know, likes. Um, you know, if they never liked bluegrass, they're probably not going to start liking bluegrass, really? <laughs> you know. And, um, you know, and there are some people that, um, you know, music probably just isn't going to be their thing for whatever reason, something in their history. Um, there's a bad emotion attached or it was never really part of their life. Um, and not that that couldn't be introduced. Um, but if there's a negative reaction to like certain songs, um, sometimes even, 
things like Amazing Grace, you know, can make people think of, of a loved one who has passed right. and becomes real emotional. Um, you know, there's been songs I know, um, and I can't remember the particular song offhand where they said one man would get really very upset and extremely aggressive when he heard the song. Well, they found that that song triggered back uh, for him wartime and mm. just put him in a whole different place. So we have to, you know, when we have to be conscious of of what we're doing, why we're doing it, and if we're seeing a negative response, being respectful of that. And then, again, trying something else and communicating to others that this was um, responded to negatively because music is wrapped in emotion for most of us. Um, you know, there's a there's good and bad times in our, in our lives. And, and sure, sure. Important. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, part one of the things that we try to suggest to people through our, you know, our website and even on the product itself um, is that, initially that they play the music and really observe the reaction of their loved one to the music so that um you know we that you you're playing the right music and you're giving them positive experience not a negative one and um cuz it is so emotional just as you said and um you know here's in a way it's it may sound um cruel but um and none of the other songs or, or uh, genres that are available, um, if you play big band for them every day, they never get tired of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a new experience in many ways for them. And certainly, you know, I know with my mom, her short-term memory, I could start the disco for five minutes after it finished and it would be like a brand new experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, while it's sad on the one hand, it, it can also be very positive on the other because if you touch that right nerve and it gives them joy, what difference does it make if you play the same song over and over again? Uh, you know, yep. they're happy. They're happy. Exactly. And that your statement about safe, happy, and um, well, I, I'm throwing a blank. Yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that memory I couldn't test, pass yeah. the Alzheimer's test. Could I? <laughs> That's terrible. But uh, at any rate, those are important things, and and you're it, it does matter. It does matter. Wonderful. Well, Ron, how do people get a hold of you? What uh, um, I've got down um, the Alzheimer's Music Connect dot com for uh, and and from there, if they go there, I mean, there's a contact button so you can you can email people, um, you know, and the phone number is eight five 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 four three. Three six eight seven. Again, that's eight five 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 four three three six eight seven, or info at alzheimersmusicconnect.com. And you also have a Facebook page because um, so many so many people use Facebook these days. So, well, I really well, appreciate you taking the time to to be with us and you know and go to their page um and give them a like give them a shout out and go ahead and share it on your page uh so that uh they know you are listening they would appreciate that i'm i'm sure um well ron this has really been a pleasure and you've given us some great information and and um wonderful things to to think about um for sure so um 
I Lori, wish you the best. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I was just going to say, you know, it's, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but um, I have to, I would be remiss if I did not say how important the work you do is and what a privilege it was for me to be invited to have this conversation with you because um, reaching out to people and educating them through uh, Alzheimer's Speaks and, you know, hopefully in some degree what Alzheimer's Music Connect is doing uh, is so crucial. And it's, 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 as you said very early on, it's, about, it's not about another pill or a pharmaceutical. It's about touching the soul. And that work that you do, and again, hopefully what we're doing is so, so important, and it changes people's lives in such a positive way. I can't express my thanks to you enough. Oh, well, thank you. Um, It's, like I said, I I love my job, and I think it's critical that we – we let people know what everybody is doing out there because none of us has all the answers. And um, anyone who thinks they do, in my opinion, you're crackers. You know, it's not going to work with this disease. You know, that's my professional 30-year experience of uh, being a daughter. Um, You know, things ebb and flow, and we have to be realistic. We have to stop trying to be so proprietary because, None of, no matter what we do, it's not going to meet everybody's need. There's always going to be an exception to the rule, and so let's just be honest about that up front um, and share share information. Um, what you're doing, I think, has such a, a massive impact for people because music is such a huge piece of our life and one that I think is really underestimated in terms of the power and how much we actually utilize it. If we, if we if we sit back individually and really track how much we listen to music um and the impact it has on our moods, I think we'd be really shocked because it's just something that's always been there and we've kind of taken it for grant, granted. And it's a very very powerful tool that um that can really help us when when caring for someone as well as caring for ourselves. Very true. I could not say it better. Okay. Well, you have a wonderful week, and I'm sure we will be in touch in the future, okay? I hope so. Take care, Laurie, and thank you again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Before I introduce our next guest here, I just want to do um, a brief mid-program highlights. Our last radio show was all about having fun and getting creative with dementia. And we were lucky enough to have Dr. Yuta Ludwig with us, who just did a new book called The Creativity Project um, for Alzheimer's. And then we had Rick Phelps and Leanne James on from Memory People. And they talked about their memory quilt, Face of dementia, which is just so exciting. And it's it's not just for people who have passed, it's for people who are diagnosed, people who um, are caring or have cared for somebody in the past, um, and it's free. And you can go to the blog to find more information out on that one. I'm going to be posting something in a couple of days that will be popping up live. Our next radio show, of course, will be next Tuesday, same time, same place. Um, 
And then our last Dementia Chats was on April 22nd, and we had a great conversation with the Partnership in Dementia Care um, Alliance, and they actually conducted a survey of our experts living with dementia. And you too can be part of that if you have dementia. Just go to our blog, and um, you'll be able to get more information on that. Or if you want to see the session um, that was recorded, just go to alzheimerspeaks.com. Then go to the About page and to Dementia Chats. Um, next week, we will also, right after the radio show, or shortly after the radio show on the 13th, we will be doing another Dementia Chats with our experts, which gives um, our audience um and you're all invited to come uh, to these webinars free to interact and um, ask questions and make comments uh, with those living with dementia. It's always very insightful. The blog just has a couple of posts. Alzheimer's Disease International Conference was underway, and Mark Wartman sent me an update, so I posted that. Um, I will be scheduling him live on the radio show as soon as things calm down once he gets back. Um, and then uh, Michael Allen Bogan had written an article about the Purple Angel Project, and he actually brought that in front of the NAPA group and um, asked them to get behind that and is asking people to write letters um, to be part of the um, of the movement. And then um, Michelle, our intern, wrote a blog uh, last night called um, how are your milk cows doing? And Michelle writes a lot of times about her her own grandfather that has dementia, and um, and so she always uh, she always writes some interesting stories and and just gets you to think. So um, just wanted to highlight those again. Uh, if you're not aware of the Purple Angel Project, please uh, go to my website. And you can get more information there. Um, Norms and Jane have launched their new Purple Angel um, website, and the link is on that page. Um, Let's see, Alzheimer's Disease International, again, if you are looking for a um, Alzheimer's Association anywhere in the world, you'll be able to go ahead and find that ADI's website. Again, that's Alzheimer's Disease International. Um, and then we've got some specific sites I like to mention. If you're dealing with Lewy body dementia, frontal temporal lobe, or um, aphasia, each of those has their own organization. So just go ahead and Google them, or you can go to our website, alzheimerspeaks.com, and they all have hot links um, at the bottom of each page. Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation is fantastic if you want to take more of a holistic approach, learn more about what you're putting in your body, what to eat, um, types of exercises and and meditation. And then, again, we've got um, Jiminy Wicket and Puzzle With Me um, and Music First um, with Coral Health all um, doing more on the engagement level in terms of interacting with individuals uh, with dementia. So let me go ahead and introduce our next guest. I'm really excited about this, and I'm I'm actually hoping to be able to go down to Atlanta to be part of, of this. Um, 
I'm first going to introduce Vince Zangargo, and he's an Atlanta musician, and he's really a man with a musical mission. His dad, you see, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, and so he decided to leave his corporate job to take care of his, his, ailing, his ailing father. He's learned a lot of lessons within this um, dynamic journey, and it's actually re-inspired him for his love of music, and his natural songwriting abilities have really blossomed again. Um, Vince uh, pens story songs about struggles to understand his father's disease and the challenges um, that they face together. He does a a lot on on life themes of addiction and illness and survival. And, you know, he's just a, a great songwriter with a mission to really make things better. Um, Vince has been joined by some of Atlanta's top musicians um, for a, a festival that he, that he has now pulled together, and he is his own work has often been compared to the Dave Dave Matthews or the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, he's got a, a stunning um, stunning voice that sounds like Smashing Pumpkins. Um, Billy uh, Krogan and you know he's like I said just on this mission to really promote awareness and improve lives and bring hope um, to those that feel disempowered and misunderstood with this disease. So Vince how are you doing today? Doing great Lord thank you for having me on I really appreciate it. Well, good. I'm I'm excited to have you with us today. Um it's it's just uh incredible what what you have pulled together and 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 how you're going about this. I don't know if you've got your computer on in the background. I'm hearing a little bit of an echo. So, um it, or it might that just might be, just be I'm a little out in the mountains over here, so that might be uh, a possibility. Oh, okay. That we will okay. have that. Well, that happens sometimes. I am also going to go ahead and pull in uh, Pamela Jo Van Ah with uh, Caring Together in Hope. Um, she is partnering; her company is partnering with Vince in this music fest that they're that they are pulling uh, pulling together here. So, let me go ahead and pull Pamela in as well. Pamela, are you there? I'm here, Lori. How are you? Good, good. Um, for those of you that don't know, can you just give people a little bit of background about yourself and, and about Caring Together in Hope? Caring Together in Hope is a family um, public charity um, foundation created in January of 2013. Um, we are a family who were fortunate financially to be able to provide care for my mother who lived in Roswell, Georgia, um, who had a diagnosis of vascular dementia and Alzheimer's disease. I left Minneapolis to become my mother's primary caregiver. My sister had been living here for many years, but also was running a clinic and needed help. To make a long story short, it didn't take me long to figure out with various support groups that I went to that there were many, many family caregivers not as fortunate as I was, where we were able to 
not worry about anything finance with mother. We were just able to deliver her care to keep her at home. Well, my mother died nine months following her diagnosis, and her diagnosis officially post-mortem was Lewy body dementia. Mm-hmm. And it was after that that we just decided that we needed to give back. Somehow we wanted to give back to all these families who weren't as fortunate as ours. And I have learned so much. I wish I knew two years ago with my mother, caring for my mother, that I know now. I've learned from people like Vince Zangaro. I learned from caregivers. I have learned from professional groups. And I am so happy um, that I can be a part of what Vince is doing. I'm a, I'm a huge Vince Zangaro fan in terms of his passion and in terms of how he is using his music as a vessel to reach so many families. Well, wonderful. Well, with that, Vince, why don't you tell us um, about the Alzheimer's Music Fest? And, you know, how did how did this come about? Well, it all was inspired by my father, um, of course, Albert Anthony Zangara, which yeah, we all nickname him Pops. And um, basically just going through, I think we're on our ninth year um, since he's gotten diagnosed, and I've been um, his caregiver here. Um, and trying to figure out the talents I had in music and throwing events and how to put that in an area that could help Alzheimer's, and that's really where it began last um, July was our first Alzheimer's Music Fest in Marietta. You know, you have to understand this is a community of people, This um, whether it's music media people or Cam comes on from Caring Together and Hope or um, the Leota M. Kitchen Foundation, other people that just come and revel around it. And it's just something different that hasn't been done before that I haven't seen. That is just a, you know, a huge concert outside, inside stage. It's all about Alzheimer's awareness, raising money for people trying to um, take care of their loved ones at home. Because as we all know that have been through this, there's really no insurance um, for that that we knew about back then unless you, you know, kind of go to GEICO and get extended care insurance and things like that, which a lot of people don't have. They don't, um, you know, they don't foresee that. You know, that's something mm-hmm. I don't even want to foresee in my, um, you know, down the road, even though my dad is very happy and well-treated for and actually inspires us to every day and almost everything that we do um, in just life or with Alzheimer's Music Fest music or my wife and her career, anything like that. It's just it's a true honor to be around him because he's just inspirational. Just his aura about him is inspirational. Wow. Can you tell us about about last year's festival and you know how many how many bands did you have? Um last year the last year Marietta one we did I believe twenty six to twenty eight music acts um and raised close to about I believe it was sixty five to seven thousand dollars um for a family which we got to help one family, they got their VA benefits and now we're giving um money to another family that um, they had an early onset, I believe, diagnosed around the early 40s, um, pretty harsh that they're all in their mid-careers here, and he's having to quit work, and they're trying to <clears throat> stay at home and take care of him. And that's what we really do is just try to get the awareness factor out there, create a day um, of nonstop music knowledge, and then also bring on um, other nonprofits and other people that um, are in the industry, or in, whether it's music or whether it's Alzheimer's-based, to try to get the word out. And also to try to really get a younger generation understanding about this because the knowledge – and I get this a lot, and, it's, um, and it, does, it doesn't infuriate me as much anymore. But, you know, especially even on our Alzheimer's Music Fest page, we'll be like, oh, I hope I can remember to go. 
you know, because they're uh-huh. making a joke out of it. And that's not what it is. You know, that memory is a portion of this, but it's not what it is. So it's really trying to get the youth really involved on a um, higher level because, you know, um, me knowing just from when I started taking care of my father, I think I was around 30 when he was diagnosed, um, maybe a little bit before that or a little bit after that. Um, that was kind of a blur of time in my mm-hmm. life, um, kind of figuring this out because his father had it also. And so trying to figure out how to do it, I was not educated at all. You know, even though my grandfather had it, um, I had no idea. I just thought, oh, mm-hmm. they're going to forget things every once in a while. And as you live through this, and as you know, for um, 30 years, I guess, right, around that, for yep. caring for your yep. own mother, that, you know, when you really see this, it's, mm-hmm. it's way different than forgetting to go somewhere. What what would you like young people to know? You say it's different than just forgetting. What can you, do you want to give a couple of examples in case some of them are listening? Well, to be honest with you, um, you know, the whole thing about this is is just respecting your elders in any kind of capacity. You know, I'm not saying you should respect every elder, but if you come from a good family and you were raised properly and you respect your elders, whether, you know, when people get older, health issues come up. Being a caregiver is not just generally to Alzheimer's, even though that's my mission and that's where I'm at in life and that's what I'm very passionate about. But respecting your elders, understanding that there's situations out there that you should really keep your eyes open, ears open, understand what's going on before you judge. It was a very um, – I went through a lot of things because this um, being becoming a caregiver and dad, you know, got this um, or was diagnosed – at 63, I had to go through a lot of internal, because even at 30 or, you know, 30 years or, you know, 30 years old where I was at, you know, I was still kind of in my high school mood. You got to be cool. got to have the cool car. You got to have the cool house. You got to, you know, just be the cool guy still. And some people grow out of that earlier on. Some people don't. I grew out of it. You know, it took me about three, four years to kind of do my own internal battle with just finding out who I am. And I thank my father for that all the time, that because of him, I'm going to have a clearer life. I'm going to understand what really matters, what's most important. And that is through him, if it was not for him. And being there and getting through those rough moments to find some kind of peace, even though, you Mm -hmm. know, this is kind of being a caregiver and being the person with Alzheimer's is a sort of bipolar way of living. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not, you know, if you can really stick it out, you will get more normally than even the person you're caring for gets out of the yep. journey. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. You just got to find that, and it's hard. And you just mm-hmm. got to find it within yourself. And once you do, then you can really move forward in in your life as a caregiver or anything. You find a, a clarity about living. That's that. I think that that is very, very true. Um, I'm going to just pull Pamela back in here again. Um, Pamela, you you know went through this experience with with your own mom, and um, you know caused you and your family to create your nonprofit. You know to make a difference. Is there is there something that you would like to tell people? Um, that you think that they just don't quite get in terms of the disease and why it's important to get educated? Pamela, are you there? Oh, I guess we lost her. So, okay, well, that's okay. She's on the line, um, but maybe she had to walk away for a minute. You just, yeah, just never know. 
with these things. Um, you know, I think it's just absolutely critical because, uh, you know, I mean, that's what drove me to create Alzheimer's Speaks, too, was just that um, kind of you see this this ignorance and it, it really saddens you, or it saddened me anyways, that people didn't understand and didn't have the the respect um and didn't have the tools and the products and the compassion um that I think everybody deserves and like you said this disease is much more than just forgetting your car keys it's um not being able to you know process um you know multiple tasks even if it's just you know a two piece task or a three piece task that they used to be able to do or um keep a calendar or names and dates, um, you know, spatial issues in terms of their ability to, to move um, or to feed themselves. Um, there There's so many different facets with this. Um, losing your filters. So all of a sudden you're offending somebody and you had no idea what came out of your mouth offended somebody because you lost yeah, your filters. I mean, you know, it, it is definitely a journey and, you know, Going through this, you kind of realize, like, um, I went through it, you know, just, um, and he went through it, too, so we both went through it together um, at one point where just feeling embarrassed, mm-hmm. feeling um, ashamed, which mm-hmm. you shouldn't, and, you know, I finally got to a point where through these journeys as a caregiver, as you know, you might lose friends along the way that don't quite understand, and so, you know, you move towards other people that might understand, and that's just the process that you kind of get because you're just fully, you really can't fully get it sometimes unless you're here. We can preach all you want, but you can't fully get it. And kind of getting through all that embarrassment, I really, you know, I don't care anymore. I, I care about what I care about, the important things in life, but I don't care what people think. That's not mm-hmm. my goal in life. My goal in life is to live a good life, to provide for my father, to help others with Alzheimer's, to write music that I feel has some kind of message because I can't do other music anymore. It's just mm-hmm. it's very hard for me to write any kind of music other than something that I can take away from life. And, you know, it's just it's really gaining perspective and really like even when I see people now maybe with their own um, disabilities, you know, I have mm-hmm. such an open heart and I want to know and I want to understand about their disabilities and what they're going through, whether whatever it may be, cancer or anything else that's going on MS you know, that is, you know, close, you know, I guess you would call it, for lack of a better term, a kind of a nephew or cousin to Alzheimer's. You know, there's similar character, you know, similar traits there that happen. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you really have to just get involved with it and just go forward with it. And what better way? Now we're on, I guess this will be our third music fest. We've done, this will be our second one, Marietta. We did one in Athens, Georgia also. And my next goal really is to try to make this a regional event. Wow. And now getting into a regional event, and you have to understand regional for me, it can't be more than three hours because I'm still at home. When I'm talking to you right here, my pop's in the chair chilling out. Mm -hmm. And he's waiting for me to come back in and care for him, Mm -hmm. you know, and to make sure he's okay while I'm doing um, your radio show right now. And so I'm inspired every day. I just, I got to think about other avenues to go. You know, you can do a festival once a year. That's great. But I want to be doing eight of these in the next Mm -hmm. three years you know, mm-hmm. a year in different areas. And that's where you really start. And what I've seen really with Alzheimer's Music Fest is the community of people, they all come in and help. They really do. Liz Lee Media, um, she does all of our media stuff, you know, all of our posters, 
um, is helping with the website, getting that online. You know, she comes in and she does this just with her heart, mm-hmm. you know, because she really cares about what I've gone through in the stories I share. You know, just if people were more open about it. And you don't always have to be, you know, you've got to get over the whole victim thing. You're, you're not a victim in this. A caregiver is not a victim. And I see that a lot, and I understand because I felt that way. But you have to get past that and kind of see what it's giving to you and how it's changing your life. And me and Amy, my wife, um, we're here pops. We live in his world. He doesn't live mm-hmm. in our world. We live in his, his world. And, dude, when you live in their world a little bit, it's actually a sense of innocence, which is hard for people to understand, you know, because it's kind of back to being a kid again. You know, it's kind of just the simple things. Everything is new to him every day. Um, I listened to some of the segment before talking about certain kinds of music. Dude, me and my wife dance with Pops, like, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, we're sitting there, and he's a little less mobile this year. But we get him up, and we dance with him. And even if it's in his chair, we're dancing. We're playing big band music. Would I put Metallica, kill him on? No. That's the best kind of music for him. <laughs> um, but... You know, if you keep it in the wheelhouse of, you know, any kind of the singer, you even put on Pandora and do singer-songwriters from the 70s or 80s, um, even the TV stuff, you know, kind of what you said earlier. You know, a lot of people have a tendency, and sometimes I have to do that too, kind of like right now. And But, you know, what I try to focus is on go to TV land. I love mm-hmm. Lucy. There's always great old-school shows on that mm-hmm. bring him back to where, you know, what he grew up on. And that's kind of the way I look at everything that we do around him, whether that's musically, um, if I got to do that with the television sometimes, things like that, just keep stuff that, you know, inspires and keeps him intrigued. Also, what's really cool is this article I read um, that we use our um, tablet, and there's a screensaver on there of Koi Fist, and, and there's a bunch of other ones, and he'll actually start pressing down on that and be very interactive. He'll start messing with the fishes in the tablet. <laughs> Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. you'll see the fishes run away and come back, mm-hmm. and it really works. Me and Amy are like, holy crap, this works. <laughs> and he just had a blast doing it. So kind of like you said, always get out of your comfort zone. Always, you know, find out things. You know, Pam is a great resource. Pam um, just is so knowledgeable from Caring Together and Hope that is always, you know, has really, since last year, you know, since um, – you know, we got to know each other and everything. He's really been a great supporter and just, all, you know, always around, always there to help. Um, Gary Kitchen is another great person with the Lena M. Kitchen Foundation. You know, these are the only two foundations that I've found besides the Alzheimer's Music Fest that, you know, really go out there and try to give knowledge, that actually give $500 vouchers, that give respite relief, that give even, you know, grocery relief if needed. That Because mm-hmm. sometimes me and Amy are sitting here because, you know, Amy went back to work full-time just about a couple months ago because physically she can't help as much with pops anymore because it's a lot of wear and tear and she's like 110 pounds that you know you got to mm-hmm. get him up the toilet and things like that and but he's you know we're all happy and we figure it out and so now I'm kind of doing this more full-time and I still try to make some money on the side doing events and you know songwriting and things like that but it's not a huge income so we're fortunate enough that dad it's a little bit of a retirement. My dad was a hardworking middle-class worker, and, you know, my mom, um, which I miss very much, made sure that my dad had a, you know, decent retirement of 22 something 100 a month, and that that can help us afford 
to stay home and do this with him. Not everybody has that. It, you know, it's just and even us, we're tight all the time on money. You know, that's not mm-hmm. much nowadays. I mean, we're always kind of at the end of the month going, oh, what are we going to do? You know, we need to get. So all these programs that these foundations do are so great. But literally, I think I've only found two that have at least approached me or that I've read that really do this, that really mm-hmm. get in there and get involved and help families out. So, of course, you know, I want to be involved with them. And to be honest, we're uh-huh. at the point where I'm at right now, I'm a full-time caregiver. Uh-huh. And so I'm not ready to go out and get my 501C and nonprofit side partnering with um, one of the best organizations I think personally around here that will help me reach the goals and help Alzheimer's Music Fest and just help the Alzheimer's community reach the goals that this festival needs to reach to bring awareness and money in for those families. Uh-huh. Wow, that it that is just absolutely fantastic. I I think it's so important um you know what you're doing there's there's been a, a lot of people like yourself, a lot of um and I found it's more young musicians too who have, you know, tried to get these music fests off the ground. And they seem to have a hard time getting buy-in from some of the large, larger organizations. And, I, and I'm not quite sure why that has been, um, but I think it's great that you're just outdone so that you, again, know where where the funds are going. And can you tell people, you know, how the money works? I mean, you know, so many, you know, there's a, a portion scraped off the top and, and people don't yeah, we, really know. We, we're, we're not like that. No, I'm actually, this is half the reason I created something like this. Um, you know, is because you kind of go to these charity events, you don't know where the money is from, and you see it right there. You know, we're mm-hmm. very open. We have it all over our Facebook page. Our website hopefully will be up here um, shortly, but it still has all the information to get you everywhere. But we have pictures of the families, their information out there. We make sure that we can you know, have them sign waivers because we do need that. We need to make sure that the families, people know who the families are, what kind of money, how many days a week are they getting for health care, if they're getting any kind of $500 voucher program, which we're going to start um, getting involved with down the road, and then also any kind of grocery, you know, factor, things like that. So we will get that all out there, and that's what it is. It goes directly with the foundation. Um, LMK was handling the finances, and then it goes directly to the um, foundation. Now we're – going to be with um, carrying together hope on a permanent basis here and they'll be doing the same thing we'll make sure and i'll make sure that we meet the families we post about the families that we're helping we try to get as much out there without being too intrusive Uh at the same time we always want to you know because it's up to everybody else i might be open with this my dad's always been an attention guy also so i know he's comfortable with the fact on how open because i'm proud of him I'm just mm-hmm. proud of him every day. So I vocalized. This just started out as me just posting a lot on Facebook and being positive about it and people seeing that and saying, well, this guy's coming from a positive way of thinking. Now, it took me a while to get there. You know, mm-hmm. it took me probably a good four years to get there. Um, you're going to go through your own thing as a caregiver, but that's what we're going to do. We're not going to veer off that. Now, if this ever gets to a Regional basis, things like that. I'm sure we'll have admin costs, but right now what we really try to do is keep it on a grassroots level. In any area we're going into, we'll Mm -hmm. try to have all local bands from that area perform Mm -hmm. at them, make sure that they're also touched by Alzheimer's Music Fest. I've really gotten good, especially at this festival, because when you're first starting to do things with this, you're just asking bands to play for free. You know, uh-huh. and musicians already don't make any money on average. You know, musicians, <laughs> it's a rough time for them to make a buck. 
So you really need to get involved with the musicians that are touched by this, that have lived it. So this is a main focus of mine, that Marietta, Georgia Alzheimer's Music Fest, which is right outside Atlanta, is, you know, 80% all these bands have been touched by this. A member in that band have been touched. That's why. Also, the venues we go to. Um, you know, Samuel Ivey from 120 Music Hall and Tavern, dude, he's been so great. They don't charge us production costs. Uh-huh. You know, they don't do that because they've all been touched by Alzheimer's. So they mm-hmm. trust me enough to go in there, and they know that we're doing the right thing and where the money is going. And that's what you need. If you're a young guy trying to do festivals for a cause, a lot of um, a lot of music promotion people have put kind of nonprofits out there just to be a nonprofit. And that's great. You know, everybody has their thing, but dude, we are so open about Alzheimer's Music Fest where the funds go. This is something I live. This is mm-hmm. something I do not take. I take so ugh, just seriously that, you know, and I understand one day if we get to eight festivals, things like that, I'm going to have to figure out because, you know, me and my wife, I'll be honest with you, my wife, me and my father kind of suffer financially because of it because it takes so much time to do one of these festivals and it takes mm-hmm. so much legwork. And me and my wife are on constant switch off. So when she gets home, I'm doing my thing. When she's here, you know, when, she gets home, um, I'm doing my thing when I'm doing my thing, she's doing her thing. To, you know, it's just, you know, it's a switch-off game. We've just found mm-hmm. out how to have balance with it. So uh-huh. if you're doing this, you, you can really try to get sponsors on that will help donate to the cause, fundraise, fundraise, fundraise. If people believe you, if people trust in you, if you're putting it out there and people know you're genuine, they're going to feel it right when they talk to you. They're going to feel mm-hmm. that passion. They're going to understand. And this is what keeps us, you know, always hitting, you know, profits when we do these um, profits for the families when we do these festivals. You know, you never want to go in the red. If I ever go in the red with Alzheimer's Music Fest, I haven't done my job for the Alzheimer's mm-hmm. community. I have not done it. Mm-hmm. So it's just really working those phones and having people just really believe in what you're doing and being honest about everything you're doing. Wonderful. I'm going to try to go ahead and, and pull Pamela back in, so let me see if okay. Pamela Joe's. Pamela Joe, are you back with us? I'm here. Can you hear me now? Yep, we can. We can. We lost oh, you there. No. Sorry about that. I don't, know. Don't, I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. But I have been listening. It's great. Okay. Well, that's good. I just wanted to um, have you talk a little bit about why you were interested in getting involved um, with Vince and this, this whole program. A year ago, Father's Day, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution posted an article um, about a son caring for his father um, who had Alzheimer's disease. I read the article, and the article was not just well-written. I just, for whatever the reason, I I was just so touched um, by the message. And what impacted me personally about this article was, first of all, I liked seeing that um, the press was exposing that there is a male caregiver out there. I think that we do still, we stereotype a lot that caregivers are traditionally women. Mm-hmm. Well, not only do we have a male caregiver here, but we have a member of Generation X. So we have a younger guy who is a local musician taking care of his father. And I read that article and I actually called Vince. I had never met him. I hadn't even been living in Atlanta that long. And the music that I listen to or know about is, you know, music that was way before Vince Zangaro was even a thought. 
But my introduction, my, my introduction to Vince came about that way. And as I, we developed a friendship. And when he um, hosted um, his first music fest in Marietta a year ago, coming up a year ago, the foundation and my sister and I worked at that and just volunteered our time. And it, it just, I am so impressed with, and I know it's out there. There really are so many, many good people out there. And anytime you can bring a community together, and this is actually what he's doing with this music fest, is he's, yes, asking for local community support. Yes, he's raising awareness. But these are events that every small town everywhere in the world has where you get together as a community even if you have not been personally impacted by Alzheimer's or any other dementia type, families and people like to get together and care for each other. And that, to me, is what this Alzheimer's Music Fest is about. Neat. Well, and, and that is definitely why we want to be a part of that, for sure. Well, it's interesting that, you know, what one piece of press can do in terms of connecting people. You know, we found that even with uh, the Memory Cafe, you know, one well-written piece that really gets to the heart of this disease. You know, we had 16 people show up after one article for our Memory Cafe, nine nine couples, you know, for another, um, you know, and with TV, it's, it's just, it's incredible. And, you know, it's a beautiful story. Um, it's it's one that shows how how um, pain and suffering and change can really bring us closer together, and how it can initiate change um, for the better um, to improve everybody's lives. And you know, it'd be nice if if the news would capture those more often than not um, instead of focusing on. I agree mm-hmm. with that. And in addition, I just want to add one more thing before I quit. <laughs> there is this life um, for a caregiver that you're going through now, Lori. And when the caregiving ends, it really doesn't ever end. So mm-hmm. even, and I'm sure you agree with me, Lori, even with the passing of both our mothers, the caregiving doesn't stop. Even though you aren't physically and directly providing care, um, for that loved one. It just never stops. And so selfishly speaking, I guess this is a way for me personally, aside from being um, a part of Caring Together and Hope, it's, it helps me very much to, to realize um, the, the benefits of caregiving, to realize that this really is for me about family-centered care. This is not just caring for the person with the disease. This is also caring for that caregiver and learning about all the different dynamics that occur in every single family, bridging all that together and celebrating what wonderful, great things can come from it. That's what I get out of this after the caregiving ends. Yeah, and I would... um... I would love to invite our listeners, too, to go ahead and call in if you have any questions or comments um, you know, regarding the Music Fest. One of the things that we haven't stated, and I'm going to pull Vince back in again. Vince, when, when the heck is this Music Fest? 
<laughs> um, it's going to be July 26th. It starts at 12 p.m., and we're going to be going to 10 p.m. We'll have an outside and in-stage going back-to-back. We'll also have a lot of knowledge speakers there, a lot of useful tools for families, um, caring with those with Alzheimer's, um, a lot of, you know, um, a lot of great things that we'll be raffling off. Um, like I said, the community comes together. We'll have signed autograph pictures of celebrities. We always get those from the great bands and the people around Georgia that always donate those things. Um, it's just it's a great day, and it's also family-friendly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I always harp on that as family-friendly. So all the music we have is different genres of music. It's not pigeonholed to punk bands, to, you know, pop bands, to country bands. Yep. Wonderful. Do um what's the cost of, of entry to, to get into this event? Ten dollars. We do a ten dollar donation and then also um we'll be also, you know, going ahead and if you want to donate on the side you're feel free to do that and we'll have all that information up on the website in the next couple of weeks. And if you the best thing to do is um we're Alzheimer's Music Fest fan page on Facebook is really interactive. And that will be going coincide when we have the website um, up and going, which is alzheimersmusicfest.org. Also, we're on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter, um, all the social network things. Okay. And so if our listeners want to um, purchase tickets um, to that, is it just purchased at the door then? Or? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we do not do pre-sales um, at the 120 for that one. No, it will be just purchased at the um, door for that event. Okay. And I'm sorry, what's the venue again in in Marietta, Georgia? It's 120 Music Hall and Tavern. And um, also, everybody knows the Big Chicken. It's right next to the Big Chicken, if they're not quite sure where that is. Okay, now I absolutely have to come down when you said that there's a chicken next door. <laughs> well, it's like a big, it's like a Kentucky Fried Big Chicken thing. It's, I don't, yeah, it's crazy. It's always been around. Well, what I have to laugh at is I have a I have a signature story called Betty the Bald Chicken, and it's all about how we care, and um, gets people thinking. I also have a, a good friend who lives down in Marietta, so I I'm really gonna see if I can finagle my schedule to come down and and be part of be part of this. It would be really a lot of fun to be able to see it. Well, I really appreciate. It. I'd really appreciate it. Also, um, just to let you know, I wanted to give a shout-out because Tammy Brackett from Moonstruck Promotions is Alzheimer's Music Fest publicist, or publicist, and she does this all for free. Again, wow. just someone in a community that does things for free, that just, mm-hmm. you know, it sponsors us and believes in what we're doing. And that's, you know, and then we also have Smooth Stone Guitar that's actually building a custom-made Alzheimer's Music Fest guitar to be um, auctioned off at starting at $2,000, which is a $5,000 guitar. It'll all be Alzheimer's Music Fest bass. That'll be there wow. also. Wow. So, like I said, wow. community coming together. It's just, and there's so many other people and sponsors. Dirty South TV, who um, is a local kind of local music TV um, outlet in this area, they're going to be doing actually a kind of a documentary behind the scenes and stuff that will be released after the fact also. Okay. To show you um, what all goes in with this. Okay. Do you do you know some of the bands? Do you have those li- any lined up yet that you can share with us? Or um, yeah, yeah. If you have that um, poster on, I'm kind of in the room mm-hmm. away from my father right now, so I don't have the big poster. But all the bands are notated on the poster that I sent you. 
Okay, okay. And there's so a lot. Is... We have 30 bands. Yeah, we have 30 bands on this one. So it's going to okay. be a lot. Okay, so that I do have on the Alzheimer's Speaks uh, blog. Um, it's, it's also on one of the um, slides for the radio show, but it's a little bit small to be able to see. Maybe if we can get that from you in a, even in a PDF form, or, or not a PDF, but a Word doc. I can listen. No, I can out. send that. I can send that to you. No problem. Okay, that would be, that would be wonderful. Well, I'm really excited about this. Um, if we have any callers that have any questions or any comments, we'd love to have you call in at seven one four three six four four seven five seven. Again, that's seven one four three six four four seven five seven. Um, or you can always use the, the chat box as well. Now, if we have listeners that are interested in maybe making a donation, um, they should just go ahead and get a, get a hold of you via Facebook at this time until the website is up and running. That's correct, yeah. I don't mind giving my number. Anybody that's um, helping us out with this, I like to have personal communication with. I know email is great and everything, but, yeah, just feel free to call number or vent. Zendero at gmail.com or info at alzheimersmusicfest.org. Okay. And um, are you and, doing And like again, a, a, Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, very active and all of our info will be on there. Okay. Are you doing like a, a silent auction at all with this? Yeah, or? we'll be doing a, a silent auction raffle. We have the whole thing going on. Okay. So if people have things that they'd like to donate uh, for that, that would be wonderful as well. Um Let's see, Pamela Joe, anything that you want to add at all? I think Vince did a great job. Just um you know, would love to see something like this replicated throughout the country. Um anybody can do this. It's it's for a wonderful cause. It's all about supporting families. And Vince it was a wonderful resource in terms of how you are taking music and using music as your vessel for a great cause. And I think this is great too today, Laura. I need to tell you this. Um, I listened to Ron Gregory preceding this and mm-hmm. it's wonderful how you have tied music into your broadcast today and um, wrapping it up with um, Vince's um, Alzheimer's Music Fest. It's, it's great. Music is powerful. It always has been. And not only are we able to reach people with dementia with music, but now Vince is able to reach everyone with his music, um, raising money for a great cause, helping families. Which is so, so needed. So, so needed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we have we have money going towards research, and again, not enough for that, but we need to help people today, now, um, right. and we need to educate people and get them to embrace this disease uh, like they have with breast cancer. It's just amazing how that community has come together um, in stands as one and and what they're able to do. I would love to see these music fests really expand. It's such a need. There's mm-hmm. so much talent, and there are so many people willing to give of their time, um, you know, if we can if we can just get this coordinated and um, – and expanded um, and embraced versus, you know, people trying to control it. Um, you know, we just need to really let these things happen naturally. And and it's it's coming, you know. It would be great to see kind of the, the tour, we are the world type thing 
um, for Alzheimer's. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to believe that that hasn't happened already with the numbers of people that have been affected by this disease and um, and the growing numbers uh, that will that will continue. So I I, I applaud um, I applaud you, uh, Vince, for for you know walking away from a good corporate job um, to take care of your dad and and to see the shift that has happened brought you back into the music and you're bringing it now back to everyone else and and Pamela Joe for your company caring together in hope um, supporting this this wonderful wonderful effort um, in addition to all the great things that you do um, with giving families respite. So, thank you, um, Pam. Pamela Joe, do you want to give some contact information out for your organization as well? We we do have a website, um, just www.caringtogetherinhope.org. We also have a presence on Facebook. Our Facebook page is Caring Together in Hope as well. We have a 24-hour helpline for anyone in the country. Currently, our respite care services are available only to those who are residents of the entire state of Georgia, but we hope that we can expand that next year. Um, Anyone can call at any time at 678-358-4046. Think of us as brokers. You know, even if you live in Minnesota, and we actually recently helped a family um, from Iowa who just didn't know where to start, and all the foundation did was broker that, where I we just took a little bit of time, found some resources, and got the ball moving, and those people are on their own. So we, we do like to be, like, do administrative things and secretarial-type work to help families. Anything that gives a family caregiver that frees up an hour or two hours with what is often mundane work, by going online. There are many, many great resources available online that support families and caregivers. It can, however, be just a little overwhelming, and we would love to help people do that, and we, of course, have no fee for that. We we would love to help people with that anywhere in the country. Yeah, that is uh, absolutely wonderful, wonderful work that you're doing and again really excited about this i um i'm really going to try to finagle things and see if i can um if i can i want you to come that would be great you would that would be great lori that would be yeah it would be it would be fun because i we've we've talked um you know for the past year but it's always nice to meet in person and uh yes you know vince i will do anything that i can to to help you promote this so we'd love to have you back on the on the show as it gets a little closer again if that would be helpful that for be you and, and laura thank you for everything you do really with the Alzheimer's speaks i've actually you know pamela brought it to my attention and then i started um, reading up and doing some research on it. it's pretty amazing everything you've done so um thanks mm-hmm. for having an outlet and the knowledge out there for people to kind of look at and at least give them some focus on what they need to do or give them a good start to get prepared for you know what this journey will bring to them yeah, yeah and everybody definitely Lori, thank you for everything that you do for so many well, it's, it, it is it's, appreciated. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, it's all of us working together. You know, um, none of us can do this alone, and um, we all bring our different skills and talents. And if we can 
if we can connect our dots, we can help others connect theirs. And um, and that's what it's all about, you know, so that people can live peaceful, purposeful lives. Um, and, and, you know, I think a lot of times with... Uh, with disease, if it's if it's dementia or some other type of chronic illness, um, you know, it helps us find our passion. It helps us kind of get in the zone. I mean, you can either you've got two choices: you can give up and give in, or you can hunker down and say what's really important to me and what matters. And I think those that take that path of what matters are, you know, I found for myself, anyways, I am so blessed to have found that path. Because uh, mm-hmm. my life is so full, and a lot of times mm-hmm. I think people don't know that's kind of at the end of the rainbow with this um that there really are gifts wrapped in this in this disease so again, thank you so much uh for being part of the show today again, if you are looking for information uh you can get a hold of vince um by uh, emailing him at vincezangargo at gmail.com or his phone number is 770-547-3244. And you can get a hold of uh, Caring Together in Hope by just going to caringtogether.hope.org or on Facebook and then the Alzheimer's Music Fest. Uh, best way to find them right now is on uh, Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. And uh, there will be a website coming up in the future, and we'll let you know when that rolls out. So thanks, thanks everybody. Lori. Thank you. And we will talk soon, and uh, definitely keep in touch and, and help you promote this any way we can. Right, thank you so much. Okay, bye now. Bye. And wrapping Wrapping up today, again, I just want to um, thank all of our listeners uh, for participating in the show. Again, please push the like um, or go ahead and tweet the show out. Let others know um, that Alzheimer's Speaks is here and help us share the word about the power of music. If you think you might be able to donate um, or even be a sponsor you know, for Vince's Music Festival, um, please get a hold of him. You don't have to be in Georgia to be effective. Um, You know, that's one of the cool things with social media. We can all connect and help one another out. Or maybe it's just you're going to, you know, be an advocate and help spread the word. Um, Anything is much appreciated when it comes to raising voice with this disease. Next week, again, we'll have our radio show uh, from 10 to noon Central Time. So same time as always. And um, next Tuesday, we will also have our Dementia Chats webinar, which will start at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And that is uh, free for anybody who would like to join us. And we have conversations with people with dementia. So bring those questions that maybe you can't ask your loved one or your client. Um, Or if you've just got a comment that you want some feedback on, um, it's a it's a great great way to bounce uh, bounce off people and and get some valuable valuable insights. Um, if you're looking for a trial, uh, you can go to alzheimerstudies.com. They have two going on right now: the frontal temporal lobe, which is a new study, and then their third clinical trial on tau. They are still taking participants for 
if you're looking for an Alzheimer's association anywhere in the world, don't forget to check out Alzheimer's Disease International. And if you want to be part of the new movement, the Purple Angel Project, which is a symbol, a global symbol for dementia, please get a hold of me. We'd love to share information and get you um, to be part of that movement. It's very powerful and it's really gaining ground. It started over in the UK um, on alzheimerspeaks.com. If you go to our About page, there's a, a whole tab dedicated to the Purple Angel Project. I'd be glad to talk with you more. And um, again, we will talk soon. Have a wonderful week. And um, don't forget, um, when you're working with people with dementia, keep three simple things in mind. Are they safe? Are they happy? Are they pain-free? And you can go to alzheimerspeaks.com, sign up for our free tools, and you can get your free memory chip, um, which has that phrase along with a couple others that will help guide you through your caring journey. Bye now. Hi everyone, this is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me, listen now, search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.